0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Tony Wolf Unhinged podcast. I am your host, Tony Wolf. Yeah, I missed last week. I'm sorry. I was putting together a new bed for my off or in my bedroom, so had to take a week off. But we're back. <laughs> you never know what Tony's going to be doing. Um, we're going to have two topics this week, actually, and. It's two different shows that I'm currently watching. One, we're going to be talking about uh, the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus, and the other one is Peacemaker with John Cena. They are uh, these reviews are going to both be heavily spoilered, and you really, if you haven't been watching the shows you definitely need to bypass this podcast this week and go watch the shows, then come back and listen to it because I'm gonna talk about some funny stuff that's going on in in both of these shows. Um, Hope everyone's been enjoying the podcast. And remember, you can listen to it on Spotify and on Google Podcasts, as well as here on Red Circle Podcasts. So I'll be right back after these messages and uh we'll get into the book of boba fett and see what uh hell they're actually doing welcome back ladies and gentlemen i had to go get something to drink pay the bills and uh get ready to talk about the book of boba fett the book of boba fett is telling the story of what happened between return of the jedi and the mandalorian season two so we're getting the 30 years it's actually not going to be 30 years it's going to be like a year of what happened to boba after everything else and they've really been going deep into how boba got out of the sarlacc pit how he has survived without his armor why he lost his armor why he seems like a different boba fett in his temperament and his belief systems and he's never thought of himself as a mandalorian he's always thought of himself like his father as a man trying to make his way in the galaxy so this you're kind of getting time jumps back and forth between when he Found his he found it woke up in the sarlacc pit to modern or current times in the Star Wars universe. Tamana Morrison, I can't pronounce his name, and Ningma or Minwan. Let me try that again. Boba and Fennec Shan, I'm trying not to use their real names because I can't pronounce them very well. Are two of the two different characters that are really a unique pairing because you find out what happened to Fennec Shan. We know she got killed, in, or we thought she got killed in season one of uh, The Mandalorian, but we knew that someone walked up and found her body. So everybody knew or hoped or prayed that that was going to be Boba Fett making her making the save for her. And now we find out that we found out how Boba survived the whole Sharlac pit and what happened to him afterwards. Then we t- do a time jump to modern times. And we find out that he's been living on Tatooine and he was trying to get his personal belongings back. So now that Jabba's dead, the uh, we've found out that, what the hell is his name? Um, the Twi'lek that was J- Jabba's uh, number two, has taken over and basically becomes, is becoming, trying to become a Jabba with no, no, not doing well at all. But it gets into how Boba decides he's going to become the new Jabba the Hut and take over as the Warlord of Tatooine. We find we meet the Pikes, which we've seen in Clone Wars. We find out what kind of a syndicate they are. We find we meet other characters. In this last week's episode of it was episode five, it was Return of the Mandalorian. And Pedro Pascal returns as Mando and it's basically setting up for the last three episodes that they're now bringing in bounty hunters to help Boba to get rid of the Pike Syndicate on Tatooine. So it's Mando doing one of his jobs after he lost Razorcrest and how he's getting around in the Star Wars universe right now. And... Mando is Mando. When Dave Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni created that character and that story, they hit it out of the park. They knew, they being Star Wars fans, growing up on that that universe, knowing the lore, they have made the Mandalorian as popular as the original three movies and bringing boba fett back and getting to see where he has went and how he's evolved and how his mindset has changed because of living with the tuscan raiders and them teaching him their ways so now he understands why the Tuscans are the way they are, or at least the tribe that he's with. Then he finds out who took his armor, what happened to his armor. He finds that he goes to go, go get his ship back, formerly Slave One. He goes to get it back, and all of the bits and pieces. So they've been taking Boba through two different timelines but it's telling the story of what happened to him in that 30 years. And I believe that they have hit it out of the park. Some podcasters, some uh, reviewers have not been real happy with the first four episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. Myself, I'm a Star Wars fan. I've been a Star Wars fan since 1977. I think they're doing a great job because of the... The visuals, and, I mean, they're not at the level of Mandalorian visuals, but they're getting the point across, and you're getting a backstory for a character that was introduced in an animated special that no one knew who he was, didn't know anything about him, And when they introduced him, he became one of the most popular characters in Star Wars lore. And then they brought him into the remastered version of A New Hope. Then they brought him back for the prequels. So they're giving you more story of what Boba Fett is and why he is the way he is. So if you haven't seen The Book of Boba Fett on Disney+, Plus, you definitely should watch it. And watch it as a Star Wars fan, not as a somebody who just wants to watch a new show. Because Book of Boba Fett gets into some deep... I'm trying to think how to put this. Some deep emotional stuff and gives you some understanding and some world building of his character and the people that he has been involved with now we've got three more or three more episodes yeah three more episodes which is setting up boba getting his crew together and then the big fight with the pikes and however they're going to wrap it up Don't know if there's going to be a season two of The Book of Boba Fett or not, but the way they're setting this up, they could very well plan a season two and have it to where they continue telling the story of how he is part of the underworld and tie back into the um, Han Solo movie, tie into the different movies that they've done and the different stories that they've told over the years and have it to where they could do a season two if they really wanted to. But that's my quick 10 minute review of uh, book of Boba Fett. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm going to get a drink and then we're going to talk about Peacemaker. I'll be back. Okay, everybody, I'm back. You know, I ain't getting any younger. I have to get a drink, go use the bathroom, do my thing before I keep talking. But we're back with this topic is James Gunn's Peacemaker. If you saw the redo of The Suicide Squad, they introduced a new character named Chris Smith played by John Cena who's also known as the Peacemaker. And he's a walking, talking moron who his entire thing is I will do anything for peace and kill whoever I have to kill. Well, he's such a prick to everybody that he meets and thinks that... Him getting laid is some of the most important stuff. It's like, okay, we're going to do it. They're going to do a show on this? Well, HBO Max, I think it is, who's or Paramount, whoever it is, put it out. And, oh my God, John Cena has hooked me on him being a comic genius. The way James Gunn has wrote his character and the way we're finding out about his character, it starts six months after the Suicide Squad ended. And if you've seen the Suicide Squad, you know what happened to Peacemaker, you know what all he went through, and he ends up basically getting ready to get out of the hospital. He's going through PTSD because of killing Flag. He has to go home to his father's house, or to his house, that he hasn't been at since he's been in prison in Ar- through Argus. And it's him dealing with getting out of jail. And, oh my God, some of the stuff that they do. And this is before we ever actually get into the family dynamic, the friends dynamic, the Amanda Waller setting up a sub-crew of Peacemaker and some oddballs to do a second mission, but they're not doing it as the Suicide Squad. They're doing it as another task force. And the characters we meet, Myrne and... Economist and Smith and oh, what the hell's her name um, Harcourt and all these characters are so screwed up in different ways and we don't know why well by episode 5 we get into that or well episode 3 I believe it was they started talking about the main project that they're doing is something called the butterflies and it's basically an alien race that can fly into an orifice of your body and take over your mind. They drink this honey looking substance with this purple tongue that drops out of their mouth and it is just screwed up It's true James Gunn weirdness. But it's hilarious the way they've done it. And the dynamic between all of the members of this squad... When we first got into it, it was like, Oh my God, these people... There's no way this show is going to work with this crew trying to work together. Then they throw the wild card in. The wild card is, oh hell, what's his name? Uh, Vigilante. Vigilante is supposed to be the best friend of Peacemaker. And he is about as stupid as As any character I have ever seen in my life but the way that they play him off has him as a somebody who likes to kill and he doesn't care who he kills how he kills when he kills or what he kills with so him and peacemaker kind of work well together but there are two sides of the stupid coin, the way that they're played off. Then you got, then we finally meet Eagly, which is peacemaker's pet bald eagle that his father has been taken care of. And we don't know much about his father other than his father just is an old, grizzled, nasty old man. We come to find out that he is actually a villain from the DC Universe called White Dragon, who's a white supremacist who was an evil villain and caused all these problems. And now he's supposed to be retired and he's doing his thing. And so then you start finding the family dynamic between... Chris and his father, how his father treats Chris like shit, how that Chris had a brother that got killed, and we find out why and how, and the whole back and forth between the, fam- the Chris's family, Peacemaker's family, and the neighbors and his friends and the people in his squad. It's just bonkers well this past week and if you haven't seen it i'm going to give a spoiler warning i'm going to talk about episode five here in a second so if you haven't seen through episode five turn it off right now you've been warned okay we find out at the end of episode five there's a well There's a lesbian character who we find out early in the show is Amanda Waller's daughter. And she's trying to get back on her feet. So her mom put her on this squad as a... You keep an eye on these people and report to me. Well, she's having to deal with her wife, girlfriend, whatever she is. And then she's also having to deal with the squad. Well... She puts on Peacemaker's helmet. Because it was left at the their office. And she finally realizes that Morn, which is the boss of their group, is also a butterfly. And it ends with him attacking her. So we're not sure if she's going to survive, or if Morn's going to survive, or how... Things are going to work out. They've only got three more episodes. Like Book of Boba Fett, they're doing an eight-episode run, and it is humor-likes that you don't see very often in the way the physical and emotional dynamic between the characters. That if they really wanted to, this show could go for a while and John Cena would be gold on it. I mean, everything they're doing with him as far as his comic relief stuff is great. Episode one, one of the first things we find, when we first meet the Butterflies, he's in a bar trying to get in Harcourt's pants He sees this 80s looking chick with the big hair and uh, 80s rock uh, fan look. Well, he ends up going back to her place and he's screwing the hell out of her and screaming different things. And then he finds out that she's a butterfly and has to blow her brains out. At, but the, the fight scene is him and his whitey tighties and it is stupid crazy. But I recommend it because just the way that James Gunn and his team have put this thing together it's it's nuts. It's just beyond funny. It's sick slapstick humor with James Gunn's signature written all over it. So that's my review of Pun- or Peacemaker. I definitely recommend both of these shows. I can't say enough. I can't wait to see how they wrap up the seasons for both of them. And uh, I'll probably end up doing a, another uh, podcast talking about the last three episodes of both shows so hope everyone's having a good day remember hold on had something in my mouth um remember if you have any questions you can contact me either leave me a comment in the uh comments below on my facebook twitter instagram wherever you're listening or seeing this link You can contact me at the Tony Wolf blog. Oh, well, shit, I've done it again. The Tony Wolf... (laughs) The Wolf Den blog at yahoo.com. I'll get it right one of these days. It's the Wolf Den blog at yahoo.com. And I'll get back to you. Um, You never know, your question might even make one of the shows. Um, And remember, you can listen to me here on... Red Circle Podcast. You can also find me on Google Podcast and on Spotify. And um, I'm going to try to keep up with these now. Um, Between work and getting my office slash bedroom remodeled and getting my new bed set up, it kind of threw me off. And then friggin' snow out the yin yang, that didn't help either. So hope everyone's doing well (laughs) like i always tell you at the end you never know what tony wolf's going to talk about because i am unhinged and just a little bit fucked up so y'all have a good day and i'll see you next time here on the tony wolf unhinged podcast